0: Hey, how you be, ladies and gents, it's 6.56 p.m. on the East Coast, and hanging out, hanging out on a Tuesday night. It's the 21st day of February, 2023. This is the, quite frankly, pre-show. I hope that you're all enjoying yourselves. On this evening, wherever you are, whatever the weather is, it's kind of rainy and cold over here in New York. That's pretty much been the the story of our winter altogether. Where I'm at, not a flake of snow, not a not a damn flake. You know, I don't want to be I don't want to be uh, snowed in for months. But it would have it would have been nice to have one or two snowstorms, something to, something to justify the manpower that it takes to bring that damn yard machine up from our basement every year that damn cellar, but that's not gonna happen. In fact, it's pretty much been spring the last f- four to six weeks. We got the really bad cold around Christmas Eve. We got a chilly week about two weeks ago, a couple chilly days about two weeks ago. It was a weekend, and uh, now, now all my flowers are coming up. They have been. It's been anywhere between 50 and 64 degrees. So whatever. At this point, I don't want it to snow. It better not. I'm over it. It had its chance. I'm done. But it's the 21st day, and I hope that you're having a good one, and we're going to have a good one tonight. In the opening, we have some grab bag items to kick around. I also am going to bring on for a really interesting spot is Mark Volker, who is the creator of the Nevada Goldbacks. That, that we had mentioned at the end of our last talk with Robin McCutcheon about parallel economies and parallel forms of currency and and I can't wait to just talk to him about uh, about his his creation there and Then when he's off at the end of the first hour, we're going to go into a second hour that is jumping into the Putin speech a little bit uh, I watched it. I I made some notes. I wasn't able to go and make myself some uh, some highlights. Found I have one highlight that everybody's probably seen uh, at least once. So we'll we'll go to that. Everything else just my notes because I don't I need I don't have that kind of production capability at this point to say hey can you uh, look through this and chop it up. So we'll go through that and then the uh, the response and the balancing it out. And I found a wonderful article. I think I found it on on Citizen Free Press. James Howard Kunstler. It's called Between That Rock and the Hard Place about what's going on right now. And I think it's it's so well done cuz it brings up several things that I uh, I've been thinking a long time, things that I've articulated on this show. And it really encaps- encapsulates where we are right now. Just where, where do we go from here? Are we going to start lobbing the big bombs? Or is there going to be something that, that, that pulls us back from the brink? And uh, we try to establish some other form of normalcy. Again, that, that crisis and Leviathan thing. But I don't know. Uh, there's a lot more going on here in the West than just people itching for a fight. You're talking about countries, a, a, a big piece of civilization that is itching for an out from a major reshuffling of the deck when it comes to uh, the money that we used, the banks that we're relying on to keep us afloat, uh, culture, technology, the, the human genome itself. There is a need for a major shift and a major reshuffling and uh, and they already did pandemic so we were we were uh, uh, thinking that this is the war that they were really going to clear the board with so uh that'll be in the second half first half is just going to be pretty interesting i can't wait to talk to mark volker and and ask some questions about about goldbacks i'll get you a little bit on that as we go along i do have something else i want to bring up this is a sad sad bit of news from friends of ours at nordic coffee company the ones who brew the quite frankly daily roast they're not going to be able to do that for much longer i think that they're already they're, they're already shutting down and i gotta read this i asked them if i can read this letter because i really feel bad for them um this is from christian he says hey brother reluctantly i'm writing you to let you know that we are going to be shutting down the coffee company I know that it may come as a shock, especially in light of all the work we had done recently on getting your blend ready and other work you may be working on, commercial and all. And we were, we were working on commercials. A uh, fact is a couple of things are happening. They are raising our shipping freight rates sky high again. And uh, listen, this was an issue in the beginning. We knew that it was an issue in the beginning with some people. You saw that the, the shipping was a lot and it was just the way it is. I, I told you, uh, shipping international right now, you got to take out a mortgage. To ship anything a couple of pounds um but they're raising our shipping freight rates sky high again plus many of the beans that we use are non-existent at the moment and we are having a crazy time trying to source some of this stuff Uh, Those two things coupled together are making things very hard to maintain consistency and are adding to our supply chain frustration. Being in Alaska does not help in this case. So we talked about it and decided that we're going to halt production. I'm heartbroken on many levels. I just can't see through trying to justify all the cost outlay uh, though when I am not sure that we can completely fulfill our responsibilities to our customers. Working with you on this has been awesome. I'm just so sorry right now that we cannot follow through. Um, obviously there's nothing to, nothing to say sorry for in this respect, but, um, but he said, we still have a roaster and we'll roast our own coffee. So maybe we'll be able to get you some, some beans from us as gifts from time. And I may, I can give those away, but thank you for the incredible opportunity to work with and the chance to get to know you more and your audience. Of course, they're part of the audience. So I, I hate to tell you that and of course they hate to tell me and there's not there's no bad blood whatsoever uh christian and his and his wife and they, they've been wonderful from the from the get-go and i hate to see this kind of strain coming down on really good uh american businesses and people who have a passion they have a passion for 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 doing this so i'm i'm working on a couple of different options to see how i can get the the daily roast recreated in another place but for now uh we'll be just letting you know that's that's what happened there. And all the best to Christian and the team at Nordic Coffee Company. I really hope that things get back to uh, being the way they were, so they can get back to doing what they love. Anyway, um, I want to I want to get into a few other things right now. First one up in the grab bag is from Study Finds. Let me get that on up for you. Hold on, boom. Headlines, why are birds disappearing? After 40 years, scientists don't have a clear answer. Well, we all know, based on the last couple of hours of work we did in last week's shows, that they're being turned into drones. That we are actually in the, the prequel to what is now being a self-fulfilling prophecy of birds don't exist. That they've been all replaced by cybernetic drones. Norfolk. United Kingdom, the reasons behind a worrying 25% decline in number of migratory birds over the last 40 years remains a mystery, a new study explains. Scientists in the United Kingdom say time is running out to find the answer and birds summering in Europe and wintering in Africa need more protection than ever before. According to the findings, bad luck having babies and short lifespans are two factors that could be to blame. However, since the problem is on an intercontinental scale, scientists have still no definite answers or definitive answers regarding the disappearance of birds. The issue is significantly more pressing for some species, including um, cuckoo birds, swifts, and turtle doves. Oh, no, not the turtle doves. uh, Researchers with RSP. PB, that's the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, and BTO, that's the British Trust uh, in Ornithology. for Ornithology, say, understanding why this is happening is difficult due to the birds traveling such vast distances and depending on multiple locations at different times of the year. When they're not breeding, birds spread out across massive expanse, creating another hurdle in finding the cause. So... I think that this just may be a an excuse, a cover story, that the birds are slowly being captured, gutted, and turned into robots. That's, I have no evidence. I'm not a journalist. You do. You should not trust anything I say. I have no evidence, but it, it's 100% what's happening. Here's from CNN. This is funny. I wanted to just check up on what old Don Lemon is up to Don Lemon to return to CNN and will undergo formal training (laughs) following sexist comments. Network boss says when life hands you Don Lemon's CNN anchor Don Lemon will return to the network's air on Wednesday, and will participate in formal training following sexist comments he made last week, the network's chief executive, Chris Licht, said in an email to employees Monday night, I sat down with Don and had a frank and meaningful conversation, Licht wrote in a a memo. He has agreed to participate in formal training, as well as continuing to listen and learn. Uh, We take this situation very seriously. It's important to me that CNN balances accountability with fostering a culture in which people can own, learn, and grow from their mistakes. To that end, Don will return to CNN this morning on Wednesday. So that's that's when he had said that, that women are only in their prime, in their 20s, 30s, and maybe 40s. The comments were met with pushback from co-anchors Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins, but Lemon kept advancing his argument, even doubling down on it in a segment in the following hour. <laughs> it was so funny. It was probably the best piece of work he's ever done. I, I, gotta, I gotta say, only because you can just see him digging, and I don't know at that point if he, if he felt like he was in trouble and he's trying to dig his way out, or he just does not like Poppy Harlow. And he wanted to just keep, just keep getting at her. So I wonder I wonder what the formal training is about. They probably flogged him, but he probably he probably liked the flogging too much. So they caned him instead. And then they made sure that he knew the difference between a woman's biological peak, which is in their twenties, and their professional peak, which of course is right up to the moment that they say anything that offends transgender people. That's that's the that's the real. That's the real dichotomy of biological peak and professional peak. That's it, okay? And then he was told to go take, go say three hail Barbara Walters as, as penance. Three hail Barbara Walters as penance, that was afterwards. And now I'm sure he's a fully restored person in the eyes of CNN. That's what I, um, well, it's just another night. Just another night in paradise. Okay, what else do we have? know, oh, we have a few things. That's Don Lemon out of the way. Oh, and then we have this, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy has given Tucker Carlson access to a trove of January 6th riot tapes. You might've heard about this yesterday. We didn't have any time to talk about it, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more as we see what Tucker Carlson chooses to do with them. This is from Axios, the Axios Powers, so you know it's going to be completely hysterical. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has given Fox News Tucker Carlson exclusive access to 41,000 hours of Capitol surveillance footage from the January 6th riot, McCarthy sources tell me. Carlson TV producers we're on Capitol Hill last week to begin digging through the trove, which include multiple camera angles from all over Capitol grounds. Excerpts will begin airing in the coming weeks. Why it matters? Well, Carlson has repeatedly questioned the official account of January 6th, downplaying the insurrection as vandalism, which it was. It wasn't an insurrection. It's ridiculous. Uh, now his shows, Tar- Tucker Carlson, Tarl Carlson, Uh, Tonight on Fox News and Tucker Carlson today and Tucker Carlson originals on the streaming service Fox Nation have massive trove of raw material. Uh Oh, yeah, raw material that has never been seen and I wonder why Carlson told me there was never any legitimate reason for this footage to remain secret. That is true Uh, If there was ever a question that's in the public interest to know it's what actually happened on January 6th by definition This video will reveal it it's impossible for me to understand why any honest person would be bothered by that Reality check though from Axios the January 6th committee played numerous excerpts of the footage last year Captivating uh, last year's captivating hearings. Oh, oh, so it was the writing staff at Axios that the hearings captivated because nobody else was fucking watching Numerous excerpts 41,000 hours Forty-one thousand hours. Axios actually had the nerve to say, uh, "Reality check here." The uh, the Liz Cheney Council showed everybody numerous excerpts from the over forty-one thousand hours. And no, no, no. That's actually, I'm sorry, forty-one thousand hours that have not been released. So there are there are hours more that were that were pined through to pick out things so people can see uh, people with MAGA hats rattling, uh, r- rattling, uh, what, what, uh, what the hell are they, railings. Forget about all of the Capitol police waving people in. Forget about all of the multiple shots of people with, uh, ear, uh, earphones in and, and, uh, and headgear in waving people in. The fact that we know that we have these giant magnetic doors that are impossible to open unless they were ordered to be unlocked. Being unlocked. There was so much coordination here. So much obscene coordination here. Um, it's just, I, I don't know where else to, to go, but it's Axios. They're a joke. They're just a new generation of jokers. So we'll see where this all comes from, where this goes. We'll see. Um, I'd like to, I'd, I, I'm i curious as to what uh, Tucker Carlson is going to do with any of this what he finds and uh and we'll see. There you go. Um that's all we have for right now. I'm going to start the show. Come back. I've one or two other things that we can we can um, occupy ourselves with until Mark Volker shows up around 7:25. And then from there, we'll learn a little something about what he does, and I think it would be of great interest to people in this audience because we talk a lot about parallel economies, and we talk a lot about what the future of the American dollar is, and when it goes away, what do we do? What do we do? There's a lot of precious metals people out there, as you should be. Good job. Good job. But this is something different, and I can't wait to talk about the goldbacks. So don't go anywhere. I shared all of the live links across all of the, quite frankly, socials. And if you would be so kind, I would love for you to sponsor me in a social media aspect tonight and share that out there. And if you're watching on YouTube and on Rumble, please like the hell out of this. Rumble is just blowing up. It's blowing up right now the liking is not only getting people seeing us on on certain suggestion pages But during the show new people who don't know anything about us are showing up and it's reflecting in really quick turnaround so everybody on rumble, I know we have about uh, About 900 people or so right there that are watching and about 159 likes We should get that as close to 900 likes right off the bat and on on YouTube these are the two platforms where this kind of activity really matters the most. Please do the same because uh, suddenly things are are jogging loose over there too. And then the day when we finally start getting all the, quite frankly, shorts short videos putting out uh, going on out there, maybe we can actually rattle a few cages before we're ultimately kicked off. So um, thank you one and all, and let's get this show underway. So happy to have you here you know I know I saw a little bit of uh, feedback in the rumble chat as I was sitting through the intro and I know that there's been glitching going on over there lately I can promise you that I am pumping out a lot of uh, my my, my bitrate upload is strong across everything so i don't know what is the what's the disconnect if people say that there's some buffering going on at rumble but i have seen a lot of glitchiness across the entire platform so i don't know if it is just if it's it's unique to my channel which i don't know why i don't know why that would be the case but i've seen a lot of glitchiness across the entire platform even when i'm watching off-air videos things that have been uploaded and pre-produced uploaded it glitches, the, the sound glitch. It, it's weird. So maybe it's just more rumble growing pains because it's growing at an exponential rate. And a lot of people are going over there and, and being a little bit more exclusive there as opposed to everywhere else. Uh, but we weren't having this issue a couple of weeks ago. So it, it might just be growing pains. And I, I wish I had some better answers, but uh, I do hear... I do hear your feedback on that, and I don't. I don't know how to rectify it um, because I'm, I'm pumping. I'm pumping out some pretty good power right now. Uh, all right. Other than that, I've got some things over here. Oh, did you hear? You hear about this new drug, a skin rotting drug? It's called Trank. Trank. I saw this on New York Post. Trank infiltrates big cities, uh, big cities, zombifying bodies. There's a new drug in town and it has deadly consequences. Xylazine, otherwise known as Trank, Trank dope and zombie drug is wreaking havoc in major cities across the country with its devastating effects. It can literally rot the user's skin. The substance, which seems uh, to first appear in Philadelphia before migrating west to San Francisco and Los Angeles, was used for cutting heroin, but most recently it has been discovered in fentanyl and other illicit drugs. While approved by the Food and Drug Administration for veterinary use, xylazine, a non-opioid, is not safe for humans, and those who overdose on the drug do not respond to uh, uh, naloxone or Narcan. The most common overdose reversal treatment. xylazine, causes sedative-like symptoms such as excessive sleepiness and respiratory depression as well as raw wounds that can become severe and spread rapidly with repeated exposure. The crusty ulcerations, which can become dead skin called uh, eschar, eschar, I don't know how to, first time seeing that, can result in amputation if left untreated. Because it's not listed as a controlled substance for animals or humans, Trank lands in a confusing and horrifying gray area, and hospitals rarely test for it with routine toxicology screenings. Last month, one Philly user suddenly developed xylazine specific wounds near her opioid injection sites. I'd wake up in the morning crying because my arms were dying, Tracy McCann, 39, told New York Times. The city reported that 90% of lab-tested dope samples from 2021 contain xylazine, which can increase the risk of o- overdose when combined with other illicit substances. But the lethal combination of substances is what gives xylazine its appearance, or appeal, I should say. The high of the opioid, such as fentanyl, is extended with the help of Trank. I, I thought that it took like just a couple of uh, sprinkles of fentanyl to kill a person. So what so what are you trying what are you trying to enhance? But this is just where people are right now. It's crazy. It's too late for Philly, Sean Westfall said, an outreach worker with Prevention Point Philadelphia, as he told the Times. Philly's supply is saturated. If other places around the country have a choice to avoid it, they need to hear our story. People with substance use disorders who get hooked on the zombifying drug, believe the emerging substance killed any kind of joy that came with getting high. Imagine that, hell. Man. The zombie drug, xylazine. Well, I mean, what, what do you, what, what's the response? Open up more state-sponsored shooting galleries? Or, I, I don't know. What's the response to something like that? It's just sick there's a lot there's a lot going into this and I want to open up calls on on that particular thing it's almost like one of those conversations that we have to have that mirror what we were doing with the crisis of faith episode because because as you all know um, and I, and I put this on the network over the weekend on Sunday night I I downloaded a, an old copy of of James Corbett's episode that he put out in like 2015 about how to fake an alien invasion it's an awesome episode I put it on Sunday night it had been a long time since I'd watched it and it reminded me of so many things that we need to get a, get back around to talking about number one psychological controls psychological um, uh, warfare through media is something that we know has been well studied for a long time he talks specifically about the the, the studies that were launched off of the heels of the the orson wells broadcast in 1938 and i and and i forgot about how it goes into once again radio transmissions how we are saturated with um with radio waves and that it's been long since confirmed that we are so sensitive to radio wave and to frequency that anybody that wants to put out a frequency that, that elicits uh, reactions of fear, of hostility, confusion, anything that makes people aggressive and disoriented, they can, they, That this is all very possible. Remote control humans. We always talk about, about uh, human beings being broadcast units. It's one of the most spectacular things that we do. We have not in any way, shape, or form we have not uh, in any way, shape, or form mastered that broadcast capability, but some people have, how we not only transmit thoughts that are things, but we can slip between frequencies. And we also are great receivers of frequency. That's why we were talking about somatics and the, the healing, those, those God frequencies, the uh, 528, we are going into all of that over the course of right around the new year when we brought on Toby Wright and then that turned into a couple of synchronistic uh, episodes that really all tied together on that on that front. So we know it's all there through so many things, flicker rate and televisions. I know a lot of those tube televisions, they're not there anymore, but still they're all digital. Um, who knows what these, these new types of street lamps are all about, not even just the ones that turn purple. I really do believe that somebody is just turning up the juice, turning up the fear juice across the board it it it, it, it in, probably enhances all the things that people are watching across media, social media, you're plugged into it, and there's just a general I don't know like like we're we're, we're in a just a just like in a, a in a magnetic trap or something there's just then you add the drugs into it and the, the who knows? But we'll get to the bottom of it. I want to grab a couple of things from that that James Corbett video and watch it with you on this show. Maybe next, maybe in the next couple of episodes, might be able to do that because after tonight, it's really just going to be playing it by ear. So we'll see. Anyway, our guest tonight is Mark Volker, and he created Nevada Goldbacks. And here's from the Nevada Goldbacks. URL, which I put in the description of this episode. Goldbacks are a voluntary barter asset made of gold. Goldbacks are beautiful and durable and both easily spendable and long-term store of value. Unlike paper fiat currencies, goldbacks are made of 24-karat gold, which preserve their value against the ravages of inflation. Unlike traditional coins, goldbacks are bendable and slide easily into your pocket and contains small, precise weights of 24 karat gold laminated between thin protective sheets of plastic. Gold backs have all the advantages of gold because they are made of gold. Gold backs hold their value while paper money declines in purchasing power, usually gradually, but sometimes, as during an economic crisis, rather suddenly. Using gold backs is also completely private and independent of the existence of any functioning electronic systems or digital networks, which, this has been around for years. Uh, I remember when the the news started getting out about these, I thought that they were really cool. And um, and I only got my, my first one, or I only have one or two. I think I might have a, a $5 and a $10 note. But, but I wanted to look into more of these. And now you know these digital networks and everything else. That's the biggest thing. As Catherine Austin Fitz talks about, the biggest loss that we are going to... Uh, suffer, once they gradually get us into this digital money system, is the loss of privacy. It's the loss of First Amendment rights of all, you know, all types of, of expression will be capped because along with with whatever kind of thoughts you want to express in public will come the potential weight of being punished by those who don't want you to say those things. And they can just simply turn off your your allowance. Because by then, I'm sure that they're going to get a good amount of people on universal basic income, and if you're going to have your entire life subsidized by government and live with the pacifier in your mouth, then you better be a good boy. You better be a good girl, or else the pacifier gets taken away. Anyway, there's there's so much more that I want to bring up on this show tonight, so let's uh, let's just jump right into it. We have... Mark Volker is with us on the other line. He's on the line right now, and we're just getting him in. Mark, how are you?
2: Hey, I'm doing fine. Uh, can you see and hear me?
0: I can hear you, I don't see you just yet.
2: There we go. Okay, and I so, just turned on the video here.
0: Wonderful, and now you're with us, this is perfect. Great to have you on. All right, thanks for inviting me on. Well, I yeah. just gotta say, I, I'd be, uh, and I want to reiterate to everybody out there, I'm not sponsored by Goldbacks. This is the first time I'm talking to Mark, but I do own a few of your uh, of your notes, and I I, okay. I really I really love it because we always talk about uh, we're generally generally interested in non digital forms of alternative currency and practical stores of value for everyday people. Not many people in this audience can go out and buy a Ferrari and park it in a garage somewhere. So right. stuff, you know stuff like this is really intriguing. So when I learned about this. I thought they were beautiful i thought it was a wonderful novelty but at the the last few years of lockdowns and stimulus uh and the new wars that have really hit home for a lot of people it sparked a lot of talk about the need for parallel economies and what we often run into mark is the question of whereas say homeschooling is a great parallel to public education what is the parallel to the american dollar which is not Highly, which is uh, which is not only highly unstable, but it's soon to be going digital, and uh, and and that's what that's where I want to bring you in. So, can you tell us a little bit about the founding concept behind Goldback?
2: So, Goldbacks were created. Uh, well, they they first brought to market uh, in late 2019, so they've been around for about three and a half years, and they're the brainchild of. A couple guys, Uh, one of them is Jeremy Corden, who's the founder of Goldback Incorporated. And the other is uh, Adam Trexler, who's the CEO of Valorum, which is the company that actually physically produces the Goldbacks under exclusive contract to Goldback Incorporated. And those two men met at the 2018 Freedom Fest here in Las Vegas and uh, when uh, jeremy saw what uh, adam's company was making which is uh, gold decorative gold items on thin sheets of plastic he thought maybe we could turn that into a currency and it took them about a year to figure out how to do it and and to bring the first set of gold backs to market so that was in August of 2019 when they came in, came to market, and they were uh, branded as Utah Goldbacks, and subsequently uh, the company has created three more state goldbacks, uh, Nevada about a year later in September of 2020, and then subsequent to that, New Hampshire and Wyoming, and the idea is that To make gold an everyday spendable currency, you have to make it into coins that have low value because you really can't spend a one ounce gold coin. You know, if you go to your grocery store, you know, even today, that's about $2,000. So how do you spend that? And you need something of much smaller unit value and so that's really what gold backs are. They are highly fractionalized gold coins uh, in the, with the form factor of paper banknotes. So you can slip them into your wallet and uh, right next to the, the paper currency. And if, if you want, you can offer them in payment for various things uh, that are not insanely expensive. So that's that's the idea, gold for everybody's use.
0: Well, Jeremy, that is the name I read about years ago. That's Jeremy Corden, yeah, yes.
2: Jeremy Corden. He's the head of Goldback.
0: Absolutely, yeah. that's the name I read about a few years back. And uh, so let me ask you some questions about, I get a lot of questions from people, especially in the last week, where this came up in conversation just casually, and I said, you know what, maybe I can get somebody on from Nevada Goldback and we can talk about this. A lot of people just really don't believe that this is this is actual, gold that that it's it's some kind of a uh it, it's a it's a novelty and that there is uh there's there's actually really no physical value there can you talk a little bit about that uh, you it says it very explicitly on the website it's 24 carats it can talk right. about that and also talk about how the how it's actually made because there must be a really interesting flattening process there
2: right so the the gold back notes, and you see some of them behind me on my green screen, they contain 24 karat gold in the weight advertised written on the note. So the one contains one one thousandth of an ounce of gold, and then the five contains five thousandths and on up the 10, the 25, and the 50. So a 50 gold back. Contains fifty thousandths or one twentieth of an ounce of gold in the note itself. So how do you know that? Well, you can actually take it to a place that has a machine called a XRF machine, X-ray fluorescence spectroscopy machine, and you know you can put the gold back note down on the machine, and it will read out the elemental composition of, in this case, the gold back. And it'll show you that there's gold in there. And that's a non-destructive way of proving that the goldbacks contain gold. Now, um, there are other ways to know. For instance, goldback itself, its entire company's promise is that the goldbacks contain gold. So if they didn't, or if they didn't contain the amount advertised, You know, the company would be ruined. And it's these have been on the market for over three years now. So they contain the gold. And another way to know is that big bullion houses like Atmex and JM Bullion and others sell goldbacks. And their reputation as bullion dealers would suffer greatly if they were putting items into the marketplace that were not as advertised. So really those three things will show anybody that the gold bags do contain the gold that they say they do right in the note.
0: That, well, that uh, that that's good to know. Um, as far as how they're made, can, I don't know if some of this technology is proprietary or whatnot. But what could you tell us about the actual creation process? Because I've always been very interested in in how because there must be different thicknesses here. If you there are yes, yeah, so there I, are
2: so as you go up in gold content, the gold layer gets thicker and thicker, and eventually you get to the fifty. And if you've ever held a 50 in your hand, you can feel the weight of it. You know, it definitely feels like a heavy thing. And of course they get bigger in area also. So the volume of gold goes up in proportion to the denomination number. Now, how are they made? They're actually made using a a derivative of a technology that was developed in the 1960s for spaceflight applications, where if you've ever looked at a spacecraft, uh, you'll see they're often covered in what looks like gold foil. Well, that's really not foil. It's actually mylar plastic that has evaporated onto it a thin layer of gold. Gold is the best insulator for heat radiation. So if you want to control the temperature of a spacecraft or a component of a spacecraft, you can cover it in gold-coated, thin sheets of gold-coated plastic. And so that was, they figured out how to do that back in the 1960s. And what happened with the gold back is they refined that technology so that they could very precisely control the amount of gold that's deposited onto the sheet of plastic, because if you're making a gold coin or a currency note, you know, you need to know and control very precisely how much gold is put down on the plastic, how thick it is. Yeah. So it took a lot of clever technology and inventiveness to figure out how to do that, how to evaporate gold onto plastic in a very controlled way so they know how thick it is and it's done in a vacuum chamber. They, they, they have a big vacuum chamber and they have a sheet of the plastic that has the image on it already. And down below the sheet of plastic is a little crucible of gold and they heat the crucible up and this is all done in a vacuum. Now they heat the crucible up so that the gold literally boils and the atoms of gold fly across the vacuum up to the plastic and stick on it and that's how they put the gold down wow and they, and they know how thick it is by how hot the gold is you know how how vigorously it's boiling away and how far away it is and how much time they let this process go on before they shut, close the shutter and and quit depositing gold onto the plastic so that's just how they put the gold onto the plastic then there are a whole set of proprietary techniques where they embed the image into the plastic, and they have anti-counterfeiting, what they call devices in the imagery. And all that stuff is very, very proprietary. So. that's
0: how they make them that's that's really that's really interesting i've wondered that for a long time i didn't know if it was you know you know when you go to a you go to a carnival somewhere and you put the penny in the flattener or it's like i I, I, I was like is is it something like that but just to a hundredth degree more but that is just so incredible there now somebody else had asked about about um how do they prevent counterfeiting so there you say that's proprietary but at least you you uh you you uh you address that, but uh, before I go on to practical application of this in society, um, I had another person get in touch with me. Ruben said, is there a, uh, Oh, well, hold on, is the printing, are they printing all of this, the images on the packaging or on the gold itself? Like, is it on the plastic or is it the gold? And, and, and who came up, what was the also, Travis asks, in the same in the same vein what was the inspiration for the artwork on the gold backs because it's very beautiful you got a lot of these old uh, old looking uh classic women and uh, animals and children and whatever so right. what's the inspiration for the artwork and also how is it printed what is it printed onto the actual gold or onto the plastic so the the imagery
2: is actually it's on the inside of the plastic it is so the gold bags are two layers of thin plastic and sandwich between bonded between is the gold and the imagery is not on the sur- outer surface it's on the inside of that sandwich so it can't really easily rub off gotcha it's really embedded inside the note And also, if you hold one of these in your hand, you can kind of feel on the backside a little bit of roughness, a little bit of embossing. So the process of putting the image in there is not just a printing process, it's also a sort of an embossing process. And that's part of knowing whether it's a genuine goldback, you can sort of feel the image on the back of the note, if you put it between your thumb and finger and rub a little bit.
0: Okay, okay. The the
2: inspiration, why did they choose the imagery they they have? So on each of the notes, they want to depict a virtue and they do it in, in female form. They have things like justice and charity and wisdom and, we've sort of established a tradition that the highest denomination, the virtue on the highest denomination is liberty. So each of the female forms has a name which is either in Greek or Latin, it has the name of that particular virtue. And then the other imagery, other image elements on each note reflect the culture and history and geography of the state of issue so for instance on the nevada you'll see depictions of, of um, bighorn sheep which are not uncommon here in nevada and you'll see bristlecone pine trees you'll see pictures of mine mines and things like that so it, it all reflects the culture history and geography and flora and fauna of the state that's named on the note. And it's all done privately. So when someone wants to create a new state goldback, what they do is they come up with enough money to pay the artist to create the imagery, and then they they essentially buy the first production run of that state's goldbacks.
0: I, I love this story. I love this story, and especially since it it, it really uh, harkens back to a time where the states were allowed to do this kind of thing, and, uh, and we were doing it more often, and it was constitutional, and because we're really just working off of weights of uh, – uh, of certain types of precious metals and, and right. not and not centralized fiat and it's it's really incredible there. Um, you, you, are the goldbacks considered I know that you this has started off as a Utah concept. You're in Nevada. Um, how many how many states are issuing this and are they considered legal tender in those states or is this really just an element for like you say a store of value and also a private bartering?
2: So that, that, that's a good question. So there are now four states with state goldbacks. Uh, they are not either blessed, approved, or opposed by the respective state governments because the Constitution, if you read Article 1 in Section 8, it gives Congress the power to coin money. And Establish the value thereof, which back in the day meant Congress deciding how much silver and gold were in each coin. That's what established the value thereof means. So in section eight of article one, it grants Congress the power to coin money. And then in section 10, it specifically prohibits states from coining money. But it does say no state shall, uh, shall take anything in payment of debt but gold or silver coin. So it prohibits the states from accepting fiat currency uh, as instruments of paying, paying debt. So really, when your state you know accepts paper dollars, you know, when you pay your state taxes, they're violating the Constitution. So how can a private entity coin money? Well, nowhere in the Constitution does it prohibit the private minting of coins. And so you will find uh, throughout the United States, there are many local currencies that people have created. Um, Very few of them contain any gold or silver though. And so the unique prospect Unique value proposition of the gold back is that is a privately issued currency that contains gold.
0: And, and, and in that respect, just like if you were to buy an ounce of, uh, you know, bullion from France. Or anything right. like that it doesn't matter if it has a maple leaf on it or if it has anything it, 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 it I mean the gold back its value is contained inside the bill itself the physical value it's not an IOU so it's that's I th- that actually even makes it international store value as well so right. um, um, but you know let me ask you about this now it's, that's that's that sounds that sounds um, pretty spot-on as what I thought the the situation might be with the states and the constitution but as a, let me talk about practicality because i'm sure you've heard everything right now as right. a as a vendor how do you how would you deal with a customer i mean obviously you'd have to say i accept gold backs. that's number one but right. how would you ex, uh, how would you deal with a customer who uses goldbacks and um and having to deal with also the fluctuating spot price of gold for example Let's say you go and take a $5 gold back into a convenience store to buy a $5 gallon of milk. and the, but, but the value of the gold inside the note has since skyrocketed for one reason or another. And right. How do you tell the cashier that, well, this $5 gold back is really worth $10, so you need to give me $5 and change? Um, I mean, and, or, or the other way around, a customer comes in with a $1 gold back and insists that it should be enough for a $5 gallon of milk. Have you ever um, talked to anybody about those types of situations? So
2: merchants that do accept gold backs, um, they know what the value is, and you can see the value by going to the homepage of Goldback Incorporated. The average market value of a gold back is presented right there on the homepage of Goldback. You know, goldback.com. Oh, I see.
0: I see, right? It says one. Go to that
2: website, you'll see it in big bold letters. So, if a merchant is going to accept goldbacks for whatever that person is selling, they're going to know that exchange rate when they go, okay, I'm going to be accepting goldbacks. So, suppose you were going to buy a loaf of bread and the loaf was $4, it was a one pound loaf of bread. and, And you said, well, I'll accept goldbacks. So if someone came up to you and offered you a gold back, you'd you'd look, you'd know what that dollar price is and you go, okay, today gold backs are worth $3.91. So if you give me a gold back and nine cents, you can have the loaf of bread. Mm. That's how that works. And it's very similar to what merchants who operate near the Mexican or Canadian borders do you know, their customers come in, many of them with Mexican or Canadian currency. And so those merchants are every day going to know what the value of the peso is relative to the dollar. So if one of the customers comes in with a wallet full of pesos, he's going to know how many pesos to charge for whatever it is is he's selling at that moment. It's, It's the same kind of thing
0: it's and, and it, it's funny well obviously it's not funny you probably just know the the neighborhood in which the value of a goldback lives on on an average day but i'm here on nevadagoldback.com right at the top it says the current market price for one nevada goldback is $3.49 minimum bid and an average ask of $3.85 so a a 1 do, a $1 note goldback is really $4 in our depreciated american American fiat and so So, so,
2: yeah the the numbers on a gold bag are not
0: dollars they are gold
2: bags it's just like if someone handed you a euro banknote that five on the euro banknote doesn't mean five dollars it means five euros right so you have to know how many dollars to euros there are to go okay now I know what that's worth in dollars similarly with gold bags if someone offers you five gold back you know you need to know that each gold back is worth three dollars and 90 cents or whatever it is that day and you go okay that's basically almost 20 dollars that this person is offering me
0: okay so then here's another thing i have for you let's say a person and i'm only asking this because there's a lot of people probably asking these very basic questions right now let's say a person is in a squeeze they need to really dip into some of their reserves to pay for groceries on one given week or another, or taxes are due, or whatever. How easy it is? How easy is it, in your experience, for people to convert gold backs back into American dollars? Um, like, w- would the average? Do you know that the average pawn shop or gold deal dealer is is honoring the the value of of gold backs, or is there a special, uh, special something set up?
2: Yeah, I don't think that, um, a pawn shop is generally going to give you very good value for whatever you want to sell a pawn shop. I mean, they, they typically have really high spreads on something. Um, I'm not pawning pawn shops. I mean, they do what they do, but you could probably find a better uh, exchange rate for goldbacks at something that's not a pawn shop. Um, so one thing you could do, if the gold back has been circulating in your area and people generally know what they are, you could probably go to a farmer's market or a mom and pop shop and spend the gold back directly at the rate I just described. Um, or you could find somebody who was Willing to trade you dollars for gold backs? Oh
0: yeah, that's right. I should have thought and, about that. And, you
2: know, uh, I mean, I don't really have much call. Not many people come to me and go, "I've got gold backs. Will you give me dollars?" But every once in a while, someone does, and I'll typically, if I sell them for three dollars and sixty-two cents, I'll usually um, take them back at that moment for ten percent less. So the spread for me is ten percent. Um, and i think a typical coin shop if if you say you went into a coin shop and you bought a one ounce gold eagle and it was say two thousand dollars just for an easy easy number i think they would probably um probably take that back at maybe 15 percent less than that hmm. so maybe for i don't know seven seventeen hundred dollars so you know there's going to be a spread even in the forex markets there's a spread between buying and selling foreign currency it's a small spread because those markets are very liquid and therefore very competitive but there's always going to be a spread there
0: Well I I, I got to say Mark this this has been a very uh very illuminating evening because I I always the it comes up casually in conversation, obviously a lot more now, obviously, it, especially in the last three years, uh, when we're seeing trillions of dollars just printed and disappearing into thin air and, um, and 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 people are just wondering how they can they can create some kind of safety and stability outside of a, a very volatile um, everything so uh, it, it's really really an honor having you on here tonight and um, and and thank you for sharing some of your your insights into the gold back I hope that I hope that uh, quite a few people inquire uh, about the goldbacks and, and and maybe they can consider it a little bit more of a a good store of value going forward
2: well if you go onto my website I have a, a page called price and value. And I've been keeping track of the dollar price of goldbacks ever since they were introduced. And back in 2019, they were two dollars and a half each, and now they're up to just under four dollars. So the average rate of appreciation in dollars is about 15 percent per year. So, you know, if you bought goldbacks and you want to sell them back, even to me, and and you've held them for more than say eight months. On average, you're probably going to at least get your money dollars back, and so. Oh, you know, I you know, I, I don't think that I, spectacular I, like Bitcoin screaming up, but you know, it it it's maintaining its value and its upward climb.
0: No, what this shows, what this graph shows, is is stability, Mark, and that and that's the whole thing. I I, I only ask those questions just for the hell of it. I I don't think that anybody who would jump into this right now would be looking at it as a way of you know flipping flipping currency and just making a little bit of money and um because it's it's too it's too just like it's everything that bitcoin and it's everything that the american dollar isn't it's an actual physical store of value so that i I, that's why i wanted to ask about how you made it and the history of it and everything and i'm glad that you spent the time with us tonight and uh and i'd love to have you back sometime i really would thank you for everything let
2: me know and, and i'll try to make room on my schedule
0: well, there you go. So so nevadagoldback.com, that's your your particular, right. that's where you will look over. And if people have any other questions, they can email you directly?
2: Sure. Email is probably the best because my voicemail tends to get filled up. So you can text me or you can email me.
0: Wonderful. Mark Volker, um, nevadagoldback.com. Thanks for all the time tonight, my friend. Thank you. All right. Take care. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So all right we we learned a lot together and thank you for everybody who sent in a lot of those those questions i had quite a few of my own that i wanted to ask but i love the questions about counterfeiting about the design of the of the uh the art um about how they're made whether or not it actually is gold there was quite a few naysayers in the chat room when they came up in conversation uh last week so there there you have it and and from there now it's just something else you know that's out there so like i said i have no business relationship with mark i do not get a free toaster if you go out and buy a gold back um and that's it I'm, i might start accepting them though <laughs> with that being said i might start accepting them so uh That's all. All right, ladies and gents, when we come back from our short intermission, I'm going to go through your super chats on quite frankly, superchat.com. Remember, I'm still everybody uh, who puts a super chat in. All you need is just one to enter into the CS Lewis great divorce book giveaway. Uh, If you put five in, it's still only your name is only counted once you can put five in if you just have five things to say and uh thank you very much for that but we'll be right back to do your super chats maybe a couple of calls and i gotta talk about uh the 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 vladimir putin speech a lot of the counter media to that and i don't know a little bit more don't go anywhere i'll be right back it's intermission time folks
3: time out to press the like button Thank
0: thank you
3: yeah, I a intermission.
2: Entering quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly
3: quite frankly
1: quite frankly quite frankly quite frankly
2: quite frankly quite frankly quite
1: frankly quite
2: frankly quite frankly quite frankly
1: quite frankly 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 quite
0: last night's show Last night's show not only last night was one of those shows that not only got terrific response Almost unanimously But I even got a handful of people congratulating me people that I I uh, I, I know well and and trust their judgment. It was it was very flattering Brooks Agnew kicked ass And what we spoke about last night with Turkey and Seismic Weapons and what he has personal experience with and what he has seen in the past and how he had seen it come about and show itself in Turkey leading up to this the devastation that has now claimed nearly 50,000 lives. It was an incredible show and I've I made sure to really put it out there in a couple of different waves of tweets and shares across all of our socials today because it's one that 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 very few people should miss. But with that, let's go to some Super Chats on quite frankly, superchat.com. We'll stay there. Shake and Bake says, Hello, Lord Francis. I'm not a lord anymore. I don't know if you heard about it, but that, well, I don't know for sure. But everybody I have spoken to and what I've heard about the whole Buy a plot of land in Scotland and you actually have a legitimate lordship. Even though, you know, the plot is like one foot by ten feet. And then you and your wife can be a lord and a lady. And I held that. So, that it was such an incredible thing for me. To, to know that Lauren and I were lord and lady. I don't want to let go of it, shake and bake. But thank you for honoring me like that. Hello Lord Francis. Regarding Don Lemon, if you can remember the nun from 1923, kind of fucking remember the nun from 1923. Uh, let me tell you about 1923. I love it so far, but really over the top with the Native American abuse scenes. Really over the top. Where I where I, I am I'm completely disinterested in the story now because of just the 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 brutality ridiculous hello lord francis regarding don lemon if you can remember that nun from 1923 uh imagine chris licht being the nun during the talk with don lemon making it clear that i'm gonna beat the misogyny out of you he would probably enjoy it too i know that's why i said they went he probably liked the flogging too much so they so they went to the caning No, those scenes are terrible. It's like, please, just bring me back to Harrison Ford and give me some gunfights. Little girls beaten by nuns. I get it. I get it. Phil's WW says, I loved Saturday's show. I had hoped it would have been more raunchy. Nothing better than laughing until you cry in traffic where people look at you like you're a nutbag. Uh, Which you know I am, right, Frank? Uh, Thanks and God bless. Well... Thank you, and I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I didn't go into some things about Saturday night's show. Some things, uh, you know, snuck up on us and were a little bit, whoa, that was graphic. But it wasn't, it wasn't a a raunch, I don't believe it to be a raunchy show. I thought it was actually very relatable and funny and lighthearted. And we talked about a lot more than sex. You know, the topic of sex popped up. We weren't talking about how it's done. You know, it was just, it's just relatable life. And some people can't handle that. Very few of you, very, very few. This is an exceptional audience. And thank you so much for allowing me the flexibility to do what we do over here. But I think that media needs flexibility. That's why many of you are, have found your, your way over here. And that's why we're different than the rest. KT Sky D says also, what is this? Hold on, this is a second parter. Okay, let's see. Do you happen to know? Katie says, "Do you happen to know the specifics of the threat that the leaders of the WEF made against Turkey?" Oh, that is what what Brooks Agnew said. Uh, no, I don't know this. I don't know the specifics. I don't know. Um, but but I I it is all on the record. Not only Turkey's not wanting to have anything to do with putting their vote down for NATO expansion in a time that is obviously supposed to be antagonistic with Russia and isolating Russia. They have they want nothing to do with that, with Finland and Sweden and even that last-second application of Ukraine. They want nothing to do with that. And when the U.S. warship NITSI showed up to... The, uh, the, the the harbors over there in Turkey we have been given a little bit more of a local gl- I, I, I had uh, shared this on Twitter today a little bit more of local glimpses into the protests from people in Turkey who wanted the warships out, get the hell out of here and that was days leading up to the de- the devastation so I don't know what the WEF comments were but you could see how Turkey was not standing in line with the current, uh, this current thing, this current operation that they're running. Apex Hero Zero says, Hey Frank, long time listener, first time, uh, sh- uh Schmeckle donor. Listen to your podcast every morning in podcast form while working on my construction job and haven't missed a show since discovering you four years ago. Keep up the stellar work. Your voice is needed. I appreciate you, Apex. I really do, and thank you. I, uh, I, I really do love that idea of my voice being in on construction sites and in firehouses and, and uh, all over the place all over the place. Places that, that actual radio would not be able to to reach. In wildernesses. As long as you have a little bit of battery power and you're able to go in town and, and uh, bum off the Wi-Fi at the local coffee shop just long enough to download all your favorite episodes and then go back into the wilderness. I'll be there. Alright, over on to Rumble. Rumble Rants my usernames says longtime listener Frank first time interacting big fan I know you have a lot of veteran listeners I'm one and would love to let them know about the Marcus Institute for Brain Health saved my life oh well please please uh, my usernames quite frankly podcast at gmail.com send me all the information you have we have a lot of veterans that watch this show a lot um, active retired uh, I, I mean a lot of lot of uh, military active retired and i um i appreciate i appreciate the company of that lot a great deal and i'd love to share that but he says the marcus institute for brain health saved his life and or her life did not designate but um so take a look at that and I hope to learn a little bit more about that in, uh, in the coming days. Free Dub says, pretty sure there was a coronal mass ejection recently. Could be what's causing the disruptions lately. Are you talking about on Rumble? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. And there's a little bit more over here. Molly Artie says, Frank, thank you for giving, for, uh, thank you, gave me a great idea for my coin collector dad for Father's Day. Oh, if your father of anybody collects coins or is into stacking precious metals or anything like that and they don't have any gold packs, that would be a great gift. I'm going to buy myself a few more just to be forthright with you and I'm not getting any discounts. I promise you there's there's no financial incentive for doing this tonight. I just wanted to uh, have a conversation that went beyond um, speculation and casual mentioning of things since we're all... Interested in in how to build up some sort of a, a semblance of independence outside of a system that's crumbling, and at the same time trying to capture us in a new digital trap for what they hope is all eternity. All right, over onto Foxhole. Let's see, last last go around over here, and then we'll go into our other stories. Pam D or Die. I don't know what to say. I say D, because it almost looks like Deity. D-E-I. Pam, thank you. Chai Possum says, Happy Mardi Gras. Thank you, Sean Joe. Chai again, so "So sad about Nordic Coffee. I'm so glad I got my, quite frankly, blend. I know, if you were out there and you had bought your five-pound bag or whatever it was, the the large bags, while you could, you have more coffee than I do. I think I might have one or two small, quite frankly, blend bags left, but it's all right. We'll figure it out. And so will Christian at Nordic. I know they'll get back on their feet one day. It just sucks to see how all of this all these resources and all this stuff, the pressure that's put on little people who don't want anything to do with 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 controlling other people's lives. You say, what does that have to do with anything? Oh, the lockdowns were about controlling people's lives. Big time. They're about controlling people's lives. They're about controlling the direction of the world. They're about de-industrializing the world. They're about getting people away from anything or any kind of trend that will afford them more liberty, more ability to go out there in the free market and ply their trade and have to, to crumble to the whims of large... Transnational corporations and all of their friends in places like Davos who want to put limits on how you do business Because it won't it won't be good for the, the the environment, you know And then of course there's war which people like Christian and any any number of you out there all of you out there But especially those of you who are in who own small midsize or even large businesses you have no no uh, interest in war you have interest in freedom and prosperity and people not dying. You want people to be alive and well and and, and gainfully employed and being able to engage in, in uh, the, buying goods and services you might provide, to relax, to enjoy life, to not be living under austerity measures and, and shoestring budgets and, and uh, supply lines that are collapsing. This is all being done to little people who just, they, they don't wanna be trillionaires. They don't want to control people's minds. They just want to be able to work, live, retire, and enjoy their families. That's what's most infuriating about about the, the charade. Let's see. Um, Paulie 9363 says, I'd rather be flogged than do another sensitivity training. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably take the flogging at this point too. The sensitivity trainings were just starting to get unbearable by the time I left the gym I was working at. I can't even imagine what it's like there now I haven't I haven't worked for anybody but myself in I don't know and I'm, I'm so grateful I'm so grateful so grateful okay uh, Shaquille oatmeal <laughs> that's, that's good Shaquille oatmeal says uh, first time schmeckle Donation, long-time listener. Oh well, here you are. You're over here too. Shaquille Oatmeal must be the other one. From quite frankly, super chat. It's great to have you around. River Pike, gold is true money. Yes, I should have corrected myself along the way. It's not currency. It's money. It's it looks like currency because currency is the the paper IOUs that we give each other that is supposed to be backed. Backed by the money that is in a is in a a giant vault somewhere, a fort somewhere, where there's a a pile of gold that serves as the store of value for those paper IOUs in your pocket. The thing is that the only thing that that backs up the the one dollar bill in your pocket right now is faith. That is, it is worth something called one dollars. It's faith. It's literally faith. You could say, oh well, no, it has ties. It has ties to oil as well. Well, um, we all know the stability of oil as opposed to the thousands of years of stability of metals like gold and silver and to a degree copper. But um, but yeah, it is not currency. It is money. When you hold a silver coin in your hand, that is money. Then when you take out your $5 bill with, with uh, Abe Lincoln's face on it, that's currency. River Pike, thank you. Robert Sarns is excellent interview with Mel K today, quite frankly. You're a class act. Oh, did Mel put it out? She didn't tell me yet. I had a great, great time with Mel. Mel K on her show. She's such a, a gracious host. I I I love being on her show. I love when she's on mine. And I told her I'm waiting she should be. I don't know when it'll be, but may, hopefully this sometime this spring I can have her in studio before she flies the coop and moves out of New York altogether. Because it sounds like she's not long for this place. Mel's fantastic, and tomorrow morning I'm spending some time with Black Conservative Patriot on his new podcast, which will, which is all about life and business and pretty non-political. Which I'm I love having talks about that stuff. Any anything that's not. Politics and government. I love that. I love it. Thank you, Robert. Swickley, thank you. And Karen Hare. Karen Hare 7. Well, we all know what Karen Hare is. Are you ready? Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Now, first thing I want to bring up is a little clip. Let's go to the unstable American media. What we're going to do now is we're going to go to Jimmy Dore, who shared a clip of Rachel Maddow. I guess it was the night before. And he says this, Rachel Maddow is a straight up psychopathic warmonger. That's actually not hyperbole. She's pretending that NATO and the U.S. did not intentionally provoke this war. And she focuses on some rando holding a Russia flag, Russian flag to discredit a peace rally. Of course she did. Listen to this
1: and I mean truly random, rally on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. A rally in support of Russia, I guess. In support of Russia? Like, like, is that happening? Is this really
0: happening? (sighs) Oh, I I can see. I can see the terrible twisted face she was making when she put that shit out there. Let's continue to see what other other kind of up-talk Gems she's going to be uh, doling out here.
1: All, given all the Russian flags, at least a rally against the US supporting Ukraine in trying to stand up against the Russian invasion of their country. <sighs> this was a tiny event. It was small. It was a weird assemblage of Americans. There. Were-
0: yeah, that's a weirdest. That's pretty much everybody who watches MSNBC. A tiny event, a small assemblage of, of weirdos.
1: Proud Boys there. There were some of the white supremacist groups you'd recognize from the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville a few years ago. Oh, cool. Um, also represented prominently the remains of the bizarre Lyndon LaRouche cult.
0: Oh, oh awesome. A bizarre cult. I'd love to meet him.
1: There were a lot of people with Russian flags. Also the occasional flag of the f- former Soviet Union. <laughs> I-
0: I'm waiting for her to say uh, haven't you heard of? Haven't you heard of communism? Have I'm waiting. I, her head is probably 180 degrees. The top of her head is probably. She's probably twisting it so much. With
1: also at least one person who guest hosts for Tucker Carlson on the Fox News Channel was there as a
0: uh, she. The one person she's talking about, Tulsi Gabbard, won't say Tulsi's name. And of course everything is a, is a question. Oh Rachel. Oh Rachel. I know you do everything in your power to strip yourself of your femininity but uh your uh, your 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 valley girl is showing.
1: Featured speaker? There were anti-vaccine conspiracy theorists, a lot of them. Oh, nice.
0: I want to meet those. They're probably decent people.
1: There were cryptocurrency promoters. It was a really weird group. It was a small rally and a weird one. Um, there you
0: go. Okay. Well, so pretty much, if you want to be not weird, then please beg for thermonuclear war. Beg your government to go drop bombs on Moscow. Please, please, Beg your government to send more, more billions of dollars to the to the Cokehead, Zelensky, and his uh his meth-addicted whatever's left of his army. Just whatever. Why not? So that is, there is uh, there's Rachel Maddow for you. Now here's Joe Biden to uh, that was this was shared today by Disclose.tv speaking on the matter of NATO and the quote that you're going to hear now is Russia knows it as well an attack against one is attack an attack against us all which is pretty incredible given the circumstances
2: and let there be no doubt the commitment
1: of the United States to our NATO alliance and article 5 is rock solid oh yeah and every member of NATO knows it and Russia knows it as well an attack against one is attack against all. It's a sacred oath.
0: A sacred oath. Article 5, NATO, an attack against one, attack against all. Well, NATO's not involved in this. <laughs> NATO's never been involved in this. Of course, on the books, they've never been involved in this. Behind the scenes, they have their hands right up the ass of the puppet government in Ukraine doing whatever the fuck they want on so many different levels in, in dabbling in so many different pies so that's interesting that he's talking about NATO this NATO that and and technically NATO has nothing to do with any of this because Ukraine is not a NATO member and um, and but w- if we're going to talk about article 5 and this this kind of uh this switch, that would call in all the bannermen of the 10,000 nations that are now a part of NATO. I'm surprised that Russia, to be honest, to be totally honest with you, I'm surprised Russia is not a part of NATO. <laughs> Maybe they will be one day. I'm surprised they're not part of NATO. But um, so with all this talk about flipping the switch and calling in all the allies and and uh, you know, a, 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 an attack against one is an attack against all, well this, I mean, they didn't you just say, I thought Russia already blew up a pipeline. I thought Russia blew up a pipeline in order to harm German citizens, aka NATO. That is what you told us. Oh, all right. That was us attacking NATO. My bad. right, right. So and and, and again, when you listen to these people talk, whether it's him, whether it's Kamala Harris putting the big girl pants on, these are the freaks and their staff members who have bomb shelters with their names on it. If you and I had to run because something was coming our way and all we had to go into were the subways, we'd be fighting off an army of vagrants high on bath salts or that new zombie drug over there, all right? They'd be trying to eat us and they'd be having caviar a mile underground somewhere. That's what that that's the difference between both camps. Okay, Rachel Maddow, Joe Biden, and all their interns will be a mile underground, and the rest of us are going to be fighting off uh, uh, the the zombie junkies. Now, when it comes to Vladimir Putin, he did have a nearly two hours, about a one and a half hour State of the Nation today. And I watched the whole thing. You can watch it out there. I have links. I can I can share it. I, I might have already did to the Telegram and elsewhere. Here is a two minute a two minute uh, video. Two minute video that's been going around and has some subtitles. I will read it for you. Those of you who are in podcast land, let's go ahead and and do it. I'll get it off the screen so everybody can read it at home. Here we go. And here they lie constantly, perverts. Perverts, They pervert the historical facts. They do not stop attacks on our culture. That's how he starts off.
3: The Russian Orthodox Church and other
0: traditional religious organizations of our country see what they do with their own people, the destruction of the family, cultural and national identity
3: perversion, and
0: perversion mockery of children and pedophilia, and pedophilia are declared pedophilia
3: the norm the norm
0: of their life and aha. priests are formed, are forced to bless same-sex marriages God with them let them do what they want hold on God with them, let them do what they want what do I want uh, what do I want to say here
3: adults have the right to live as they want
0: we have always thought like this in Russia and we always will no one will invade private life we are not going to do this but I want to tell them look at the holy scriptures the main books of all other world religions everything is said there including that the family is the union of a man and a woman
3: but these sacred texts are
0: now in doubt as it became known the anglican church for example plans to consider the idea of a gender neutral god what can we say forgive us lord they do not know what they do
3: millions of people in the West understand
0: that they are leading to a real spiritual disaster the elites directly I must say go crazy and it seems that they can no longer be treated but there these are their problems as, as I said and we must protect our children and we will do this protect our children from degradation and degeneration oh can you imagine I, I, I listen, I can't, I, I can't disagree. I can't disagree with his, uh, his, his diagnosis of what is going on over here and what any kind of culture that wants to save itself from snuffing itself out needs to do to reverse course. And that's not to say to do away with gay people, by the way. But there is a very specific line that is being taken by special interests to, to, to go far beyond the understanding that when you live life in a free world, then you're going to be living around a whole bunch of people, whole different types of people who have stories and origins and and everything that, that happens to them along the way and where life leads them and, and what they become and how they deal with it. That is just life. If you can't deal with that, then you're probably you're probably uh, rough to be around sometimes. But we've gone so far beyond that. It is obviously militaristic. It is um, it's antagonistic, and it is now being weaponized in a psycho-emotional way to damage children and to make sure that future generations of a once-free society is in doubt. All right. So it's uh, this is just the way it is. But still, that was what we had there. It was a hurricane of gaslighting afterwards. And I had a friend of mine email me, said, Frank, after watching this, no doubt Langley will escalate after Russia sends 500,000 troops to take Ukraine. It will be a frenzy and probably a false flag here too. But here are some of the notes. About uh, from, you know, we just saw that it was about an hour and a half, minute 39 to 42, anti-woke, defends children from degradation and pedophilia, cites the Bible. That's what we just watched right there. The The West wants to destroy Christianity, no doubt about it. We fight for our children. Then there's a minute of silence at around minute 50. Minute fifty three. Family of each fallen soldier. They'll have social worker assigned to them, financial, medical, psychological support. So he's just talking about all the the things that they are they're going to do for people who are losing their lives in this conflict. Um. Around the one hour and twenty minute mark, for about ten minutes or so, describes how oligarchs took money out of Russia, wasted it on yachts and mansions, and they how they're not going to help them when the West takes it. So when it's all taken by Western forces and governments and all like that, there's not going to be any, any chance of the Russian uh, government coming to their aid. Russian capital must work inside Russia to build it up, he says, not to help our enemies make the choice to stay in Russia. And then around one hour, 30 to 54 minutes around there, interesting details on supports of veterans and mothers and economic strength. And um, and then, toward the end, nuclear the nuclear treaty being suspended. and reiterating that Russia will not attack first. So wh- whatever you agree on, whatever you can believe or wherever you're at, that that's fine. I feel it's important to dig into this stuff, take note of it, listen to some of it, not listen to the characterization of what's going on by obvious, crazy, Crazy freaks like Rachel Maddow and that automaton, stillborn president Joe Biden. That that's I'm not interested in it. I understand what the uh, the 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 company line is over here, stateside. I understand what the company line is. I'm not interested in that. I already know everything I need to know. This is what I'm interested in knowing the other side what they're saying, and uh, despite what you may think is just bull and just lies on their end, because I don't I, I don't trust the Russian government. I don't I don't necessarily I I may trust them more than ours <laughs> to be honest, but uh, but what does that mean? What does that mean? I'm just anti-war. That's all I'm coming from on all this, anti-war. But to hear that over and over again, Russia is not going to attack first, which I believe. I believe because so far uh, we've only attacked ourselves with Nord Stream and everything else is either a a weak attempt at reverse psychology, which is obviously not going to work, or a preamble. It could all just be a preamble for a major false flag. I wouldn't be surprised if the false flag is cyber related. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised because when they did that NATO summit a couple of summers ago and they were reviewing everything that would actually fall under an official trigger warranting of a triggering of, of article five, they reiterated and really focused hard on cyber attacks being one of those things. It may not be that, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is, especially since Klaus has been promising that that's going to be the next pandemic. Uh, because like Nord Stream, you can't hide what happened with these events anymore. You can't hide it. Especially people are interested in finding the answers. But cyber attacks, we may have our assumptions about what's going on, that it may all be bullshit, but it'll be a lot easier to fake. So, And then they, they, they closed out with the national anthem, their national anthem. And that's what we have. The Daily Mail, this is how they covered it. Putin goes nuclear. Russian president raises the stakes as he reveals he is pulling out of nuclear arms treaty and accused the West of starting Ukraine war in a bid to achieve limitless power. Limitless power. You get a whole bunch of variations of that. So I'm going to take a really quick break. When I come back, I want to read you an article. A really quick one, but it's so it's a great piece. It's a blog uh, by... It's a blog by James Howard Kunstler. It's called Belief B- Between That Rock and the Hard Place, which is where he says we are at right now. And after we read it, you can call in and let me know if you agree or not. Don't go anywhere.
3: A school teacher? Cancer? Desperate for money? Okay, we're not here. into work and unable to even quit? You told me that yourself, Mickey. Jesus, what was I thinking? Mickey, please, let's... Both of us stop trying to justify this whole thing and admit that you're in danger.
1: Who are you talking to right now? Who is it you think you see? Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. You know what happened if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it can be listened up and NASDAQ goes belly up, disappears, it ceases to exist without me, no, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clear you in, I am not in danger, Minnie, I am the danger, a guy opens his door and gets shot and you think that of me, no, I am the one who knocks,
3: You're listening, to
0: quite frankly. <laughs> 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 Yes. Yes. I am the one who knocks. When I saw that, I said, "Well, this is it." This is my uh this is one of my break videos for tonight, and I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of Breaking Bad fans who liked it. Didn't take a lot to produce a a wonderful wonderful video. All you need all you need is the idea. Okay, are you ready for this? I want to leave this with you. Here is the Here's what the blog says. The president has made American support for Ukraine the centerpiece of his argument for the revitalized alliance in Europe. And he had told his advisors that he wanted to mark the first anniversary of the invasion as a way of reassuring allies that his administration remains committed. That's the New York Times, February 20th, 2023. Yesterday. Secret agent man Joe Biden turned up in Kiev on Monday morning after landing in Poland and riding an overnight choo-choo train across the Ukraine frontier to avoid the hazardous pomp of landing Air Force One in a war zone. One might try to guess the message Victoria Nuland sent her errand boy to deliver. My guess is that JB was there to tell Volodymyr Zelensky. That the USA stands behind him 100%, an obvious whopper, being exactly the opposite of the developing reality that short of setting off nuclear Armageddon, there is really nothing for the, that the USA can do to prevent Russia from concluding our ill-conceived project on its own terms. Who better to, to deliver an errant falsehood than the master Scranton Joe? He who once battled and vanquished the tyrant Corn Pop. This is why I love this article. It's it's written so nicely. Remember last week, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, speaking out of the aperture between his butt cheeks, announced that Russia had lost. Yes, I brought this up. I said, what is he doing? Announced that Russia had lost, quote, strategically, operationally, and tactically in Ukraine. This was after NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg announced that rather clumsily that Ukraine's army was out of ammo, especially artillery shells, and that the only remedy for that was for Europe to rebuild an armaments industry, which was a side and backwards way of saying, forget about it. One also uh, suppose one might also suppose that behind all of his cognitive dissonance the U.S. would be engaged in secret talks with Russia to arrive at some face-saving device for getting out of this mess. But really, what is our leverage for that? Can we threaten to put U.S. boots on the ground in Ukraine? That would be a little like channeling General George Armstrong Custer, don't you think? Uh, apparently, all we are left with is a game of pretend, using the pretender-in-chief as the front. I'd also venture to say that about American voters, that American voters are not so enthused about this Ukraine pageant as they seemed to be last summer when the yellow and blue flags popped up on front porches at every woked-up clam bake from Edgartown to Bar Harbor. Our Ukrainian proxies sure seem to be giving those Ruskies what, uh, what for along the front lines in Donbass payback you understand, for helping Donald Trump steal the 2016 election from she whose turn it was supposed to be. <laughs> American Amazonian Caesar in pants suit, Hillary Rodham Clinton. The fall offensive by Ukraine was an illusion, alas, setting up its army for a methodical decimation now nearly complete. So, too, is the talk of sending tanks in to save the day. And so, too, is the very existence of NATO as anything other than window dressing on an empty storefront. If blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline, as recently alleged by independent reporter Seymour Hirsch, smells like an attack on our supposed ally, Germany, then how was it not an attack on NATO in which Germany was a centerpiece? Have I not been saying that? I. <laughs> it's just so well thought of. Every... Every just logical little thing that picks this entire charade apart. That 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 fat trader, Mark Milley, to go up there and say all that stuff is obviously nonsense. Nonsense. And and, and really what it comes down to, we're not done with this yet. It's not too much longer. But Behind all this cognitive dissonance the u.s. would be engaged in secret talks with russia to arrive at some face-saving device For getting out of this mess, but really what is our leverage for that? Can we threaten to put us boots on the ground in ukraine? What would that be like, you know, it's like what do we have to bargain with? The charade has always been so over the top That barring a really a full-out world war What do you do? What do you do now? I think that there are I I think that it's it's even right now if the US got on out of there All you have to do is send Rachel Maddow Maddow out there I'm sure somebody in those those news those newsrooms would come up with a way to explain why leaving Ukraine at that point was a win and I mean you can talk about some Japanese invasion of Japan Thing, you know, we, we, we had to drop the atomic bombs on On uh, uh, on on Hiroshima and Nagasaki because if we were to invade the mainland in Japan We're talking about 10 million dead or a million dead or something like that so, I, I, so what is it they put themselves in such a pickle which is why at one point at one point I was thinking are they going to play the blue beam? with the UFOs that have now completely disappeared. I think it's been like 72 hours of no UFO talk anywhere. I was thinking to myself and I was texting friends, are they really going to play the card right now? When they start talking about propulsion systems that they are not familiar with, I thought that they were going to say aliens and they were going to say in light of these these recent events, we've really got to, we've got to pull together. we got to pull together. And maybe they can go and tell Russia, hey, listen, we're going to play the alien card. We're just going to save some face, take the Donbass, take Crimea. We'll call a ceasefire, and eventually everything will calm down, and, and we'll just we'll, we'll do away with this. Just let us save I, I really thought that they were going to use—I didn't think that aliens were actually going to show up. But I was thinking, could this be a way, <laughs> a desperate gambit to pull us back from the ledge of war? Or are they psychopath- really, truly psychopathic and we're going to go into the, uh, the jaws of hell one way or another? I don't know. But he continues... He continued, if blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline, as recently alleged by independent reporter Seymour Hersh, smells like an attack on our supposed ally, Germany, then how was it not an attack on NATO, in which Germany is the centerpiece? Exactly. Why were you not invading Russia? Why did the bombs not start dropping on Moscow that day? Because it was, it wasn't Russia. They would have loved for it to be Russia, but then again, even if it was can we really defeat them? Could we really defeat them right now? Do you think that if this was a straight up war, think about where we are right now culturally, think about where we are right now with debt. You know, I was talking to Mel Kay the other day on her show and we were talking about national, reasons of national security, why one thing or another is never done and why we're always left in a lurch. So you wanna talk about national security. We have our southern border that has been open for decades regardless of who is in office, um, the national debt is the greatest of our national security problems, if you ask me, because if there actually was a legitimate war, if that even exists anymore, the possibility for a legitimate war, if that ever really came about, do we have the money to fight it? And outside of that, do we have the physical readiness of our population to go out and fight a war. We know that 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 75% of children cannot make the the military uh, cut. They're trying to mechanize the military as much as they can because I I just don't know if, like, what would we do? Has the the degradation of the culture in the military even made it hard for us to go out there and win a legitimate war if we had to get into a slugfest with Russia and China? Is it possible? I don't know. Maybe there's somebody else out there that can actually, especially those of you in the military, you can email me at the mail account and let me know, do you think that if all things were equal, I mean, not all, not all things were equal, if there was a legitimate reason to go and have a fight right now, could we survive an all-out fight? Would we vanquish the Chinese and the Russians? With the military we have right now, with the social discord we have here at home, and with the $32 trillion in fiscal operating debt, I don't care how much money they're making selling dope in Afghanistan. How can you fund a war, a legitimate one, and and not have the spending take you down, let alone the, the battlefield losses? I would love for somebody who knows better about that to email me and let me know what they think. But... um. He goes on to say, and finally, why would Germany not be engaging in secret talks of its own with Russia behind America's back? Intrigue must be rife. Intrigue must be rife now throughout Europe and Americans will not hear anything about it from its deep state owned news media. Is there any reason why Europe could not live with a neutralized Ukraine? Of course not. Ukraine is in uproar right now simply because geniuses in the U.S. State Department thought it would be a good way to annoy and and antagonize Russia. Wonderfully said, again. Again, wonderfully said. The project was insane from inception. The main result is that Europe will no longer have the natural gas it needs at a rational price to continue being an industrial society. One One must conclude that NATO is looking for a way out of this. But there is no way out except to declare by word or deed, directly or otherwise, that NATO has outlived the reason for its existence. Any sane analysis by Europeans would arrive at the unnerving realization that the USA has become the enemy of NATO, not Russia. And if all that is so, then a seismic shift is underway that will leave America hung out to dry on the Ukraine project. Germany will have to make a deal with Russia to rebuild the Nord Stream pipelines. And what could the U.S. do about that? Impose sanctions on Germany, France, and the the Netherlands, and the rest of the bunch? Where does that leave Western civilization? I'll tell you. It leaves Western civ diminished. It leaves our country to stew in its own rancid economic and financial juices in abject isolation from basically the rest of the world. Fare thee well, hegemonic dream. Hello, multipolarity. It leaves Ukraine neutralized and no longer a problem. It leaves Russia able to feel secure in its borders and free to get on with being a normal nation. And it leaves Europe the hope that it can resume modern life a while longer with the familiar comforts and conveniences that they had when everything was uh, in place. I don't know if if that's even the familiar comforts and conveniences post-COVID because, I mean, they're living with... uh, A lot less of those as it is, but at least they'll have their gas back. The end of the Ukraine conflict also exposes the rotten web of globalist schemers who planted their operators in every niche of American life and around the Western civilization, George Soros' empire of meddling NGOs, Bill Gates' World Health Organization puppet show, the ridiculous World Economic Forum's network of stooges in high places from Justin Trudeau to BlackRock's Larry Fink, the end of the Ukraine conflict, Reveals the submission of the Democratic Party to nefarious interests intent on wrecking this country Even the most benign end to the Ukraine conflict such as by default Europe and Russia settling up on their own to stop the fighting Will be another humiliation for Joe Biden and Joe Biden is in quotations because I have to imagine who is he really? He's just the mask that's being strapped across the bony zombie face of the United States at the moment. Joe Biden and the crew behind him, as bad as the last days in Kabul, Afghanistan. Their other crimes await full disclosure, everything from the treasonous bribery to the fraud and genocide around COVID-19. There will have to be a severe political realignment in America, but before that can happen, expect many seasons of terrible disorder. I, I could not find a syllable that I disagree with in there. And I don't know what I would add, aside from me stopping along the way to chat you guys up. So, man, that was just perfect. Perfect, perfect. That was written, again, this is by this is by James Howard Kunstler, and it's a blog that was posted yesterday, February 20th, 2023. The headline is Between That Rock and the Hard Place. I'm going to keep this saved because I want to see everything else that he writes. Wonderful writer. Really got everything there. Okay, uh, one more time through the Super Chats and we're done for the night. I know we have about 10 minutes left, but uh, we might as well just stop here. And tomorrow, I will be able to take a lot more of your calls. So think about things tonight. I would like to see some reaction to what we just read through. And perhaps I can bring up some of the emails that come into me to, uh, come into my, not into me. And uh, in, in the inbox tomorrow. How does that sound? All right. well, Karen Hare, thank you. T. Cross, thank you. And Keith says totally going to fund a roomful of normal women trying to hold a round table while talking like Maddow. That would be uh, that would be an incredible endeavor. Thank you for that, Keith, and thank you for everybody over there on Foxhole on Quite Frankly TV. I'm releasing the scratching right now. Let's see over on Rumble. I think we are up to date over there. My username just said that he just sent me over all the stuff about the Marcus Institute for Brain Health. That's tremendous thank you so much for that. I love learning about things like that and I'll get the word out. Um, let's see what else do we have Albert Frederick says if we go full war on with Russia for a year or two seems like it would be much easier for China and the blue helmets to attempt to land in the United States. Yeah yeah that's true That is true. Albert Frederick says, "Voice or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them that they're being attacked and denounce the uh, the the peacemakers for lack of patriotism and expose the country to danger." Here we go. Yeah, the old playbook being run again. Darlin' Mel says, "Just a little something to say. Thank you, thank you, Darlin' Mel. Thank you. I really appreciate it." And uh, Albert Frederick says. I wish that guy would have spoke about just how many places in Nevada, Wyoming, New Hampshire, and Utah already accept them because it's quite a few. And when the time comes that you need them, easier than carrying around a half a gallon of vodka. You know, I, well, you know, um, I mean, Mark, Mark really laid it out there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's good to hear that in Nevada, Wyoming, New Hampshire, and Utah, a lot of people accept goldbacks. I, uh, it's, it's good to hear it really is. And I think that's the biggest thing because I know that for those of you out there who are who stack the the biggest piece of advice you give each other is silver. Concentrate on silver. And I would say yes, concentrate on silver because you can you can certainly get a lot more of it, get into dimes and quarters, anything, old rolls, the junk stuff. It's good to have it all just because you're thinking about barter. You can get the 5 the 5-ounce, the 10-ounce bars or something like that for larger stores of value. but uh, and, and of course, that, this is the same thing for gold. As he said, it's very hard, though, to use gold in any kind of a barter system unless you are buying things like cars where, you know, I'll, I'll sell you my used car for $6,000 and you flip them three gold coins because right now I think an ounce of gold is around $1,800. But it, it, if you want to make gold a little bit more applicable in everyday life, which it wouldn't be if you're walking into a, into a grocery store. I remember during Christmas time when we gave a, we gave away that five gram, that five gram chip of gold that, that would the, the, the market price, the spot price for that at the time around Christmas was $300. I mean, you can go into a whole foods and buy a week's worth of groceries for $300 easy these days because of the way that things are getting so, uh, expensive but for most people, it'd be a, a a lot harder of taking out money that's gold and not be severely overpaying. Goldbacks is a way that you it can it can make that metal in particular a lot more applicable and easy to buy too. I mean, they're not it's it's cheap. It's cheap for the most part. Um... Let's see what else we have here. Run Anon Empty says, It's crazy world that we're living in. All I can do is trust in the Lord and carry on. Watch you nightly. Keep on trucking, Frank. Thank you. And I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I actually look forward to, to praying every night. I look forward to my rosary every night. And I, um... Actually, tomorrow is Ash, Ash Wednesday. I haven't gotten ashes in many years. I think it's time to change that. Um. I think this is it. I think that's it for all the super chats that came in. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you to everybody that's watching on Theta. There's always there's a, there's a, a surprising amount of people who are watching there now. Foxhole, which is on Quite Frankly TV, Twitch, D Live, Rumble, YouTube, Rockfin. You guys have been good to me again, and I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. So, from now until then. Keep your pants, on, your pants on or off, to, depending on what the local uh, statutes are. You don't want to go to jail over me well, on my account. But stay comfy, and I'll see you. I'll catch you on the flip. I'll
2: catch you on the flip side.
0: Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience and now our super chatters, starting with Albert Frederick, Darlin Mel, Running On Empty, Apex Hero Zero, Shake and Bake, Phil's WW, and KT Sky D. I appreciate you all. Thank you to everybody on Rumble, all of my Rumble ranters and all of my Fox Holers. Until tomorrow, thank you so much for tonight.